What's going on, guys? My name is Rango Lee. And this is Mylin. Hello, everyone. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Blessed Boulder Show. Show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about our days growing up in the Seattle low-income housing projects, the struggles, the pain, <laughs> the suffering, the Aww. stories untold and told today. Aww. And uh, we're, you're also going to get how we climb out of that poverty hole, you know, into better places. Today, we got two very special guests in the house. They grew up in the Seattle Housing Project with me. They was kind of like my welcome committee when I first got <laughs> to the housing project. Thank yeah. you. You know, they've been with me every step of the way through life. Had my backs when I was in really tight circumstances. And we'll talk about those tight circumstances today. And uh, just overall, really, really great people. The brother and sister duo. Amir T and Angel, what's Yay! going on? <laughs> well, welcome and thank you thank so much you. for being on Blessed Boaters. I'm super excited to get to know you guys. And, Thanks for uh, inviting us hear to about be on Blessed Boaters. Yes, thank you so much. I love much. the name. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Blessed Boaters is for everybody, not right. just like no. Vietnamese people, but just, you know, if you bless, you're grateful for where you where you're at today and how you got here, right. then yeah. you're a blessed boy. I think when right? I saw yeah. it, I kind of took the definition mm -hmm. as that. Yeah. Me too. Because I, I remember growing up, it was a little bit more derogatory to yep. say yeah. Yeah, so we, we spend it, you know. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Actually, it's cool. There, there's a Boaters. Hey. Hey. Wasn't there, there's a movie or something. Uh, uh, no, there is. There's yeah, Fresh uh, Off the Boat. Yeah, and then well, no, no, that, Fresh no. Off the Boat, I think it's like that's a, a comedy. Yeah. It's just a show, a fun yeah. show, but show, it's yeah. great. It but really I like how they show. streamlined it, made yeah. it okay, and made it like a, a good culture a good thing. thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, super funny. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was kind of a derogatory thing in the past, but now I feel like I carry it with a badge of honor because... Yo, we got we got chips on our shoulders because we came from like you know like we mm -hmm. all came from rags. Right. I don't want to say like we're in riches now, but right. you know, riches is a state of mind, and we're all like grateful for where mm -hmm. we're at now. So yeah, right. mm -hmm. you know, I feel the same way about when we lived in low income housing. It was like back then it was a little bit harder to talk mm -hmm. about it because you were in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like once you've stepped away from that situation, it's easier to look back and you know. Well, reflect on. Um, everything it's really taught you about just life in general, like the lessons we learned when we were young, just how to be like, take this really like great suffering and make it not suffering, but find joy in so many different things we did. But also having to have like uh, situations come up, which there was a few. But you know what though, I did read, you know, you remember that that book that you um, told me to read, uh, was it uh, Embraced by the Light? Embraced by the Light. Better well, there was a sentence in there and I was like, you know what, I say this all the time and it's in this book and it says, you don't know what happiness is, you don't know if you're blessed until you've already suffered. Oh, yeah. And if yeah. you don't, or you've, you have to have suffered sadness or mm -hmm. like struggles before you know what happiness is yes. before you know what um you know triumphs are you know yeah. what i mean it's just the you yeah. have to experience those things to understand how blessed you are today right i think right? god god gives us those experiences mm -hmm. right and he that's 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 how we're built i feel like some people might just live the same day go to school you know yeah but you know everybody has their own story but it's your experiences that make that story and like, you know. Well, my dad always said, you will never know what sugar would taste like if you never tasted Absolutely. salt. Right. Yeah. right. Oh my gosh, that's some good and your, dad, and your dad, your dad was a great man, is a great man. Is I, a great I met man, him yeah. so many times. Yeah. So, so let's get into the story, right? Mm -hmm. So we're today we're gonna be talking about, you know, the hood, you know, the, the <laughs> Cedarville, right? 
uh, the cedar hey. villains here in the house, right? Hey, hey, so, hey, okay. hey, hey. There's some Rainer Vistas in here. Rainer hey, Vistas. Hey. We live in most neighborhoods, so we're, we're going to go ahead and claim we'll, Cedarville, we'll claim you. Mom Baker, yeah. Holly Park, and High Point. We'll and Jackson Park. Yeah. And uh, South Seattle, Mom, Mom, Mom Baker, obviously. Yeah. Wow, yeah, so. okay. We'll they claim cover. all those neighborhoods. We got them all. all. The yeah, all, yeah, all the hoods. We got all the hoods, yeah. And if... We didn't live there. The people from those neighbors came to our house Somehow. and lived our house. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. We're about to get into it. So so let's start off with this. Before you guys got to the hood, tell us a little bit about where you were born and then those circumstances. And uh, so the audience kind of know like some background. Absolutely. Right? So mm. we were born in Iran during kind of what we considered like this great revolution where it was very westernized. And so... Um, the Khomeini regime was taking over, which was a very religious regime. And we were kind of pulling away from being westernized to more of like an Iranian Muslim religion kind of country, which is be- which is still happening to this day. It's that, uh, you know, that regime of um, having to cover your head, being a Muslim, all that still going on. But back when my parents were young, it was actually, you know, very westernized. Really? So, wow. yeah, it was. It was. Um, the Shah was the... The Shah was the... The, oh, ruler. the ruler. And before. so being born into a revolution, you, we also had to deal with being born into this war between Iran and Iraq, oh. which um, was pretty scary. But I always tell people it wasn't that scary for me because I was kind of born into war. It <laughs> 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 was scary for me. Seeing missiles and bombs and building yeah. up. So what year was that? Uh, uh, 79 well, is when the war started. 79 when the war started. The year I was born. It was yeah, when, when I, and, yeah, and I was born a couple years. I was just a oh, little yeah. kid. And then um, so my dad actually ended up being in, in the military and he did believe in the Khomeini regime as many did in Iran but he then found that the reality once the revolution happened and Khomeini took over things kind of got strict they didn't want to hear people's opinions got super religious and then the Iran-Iraq war which people were forced to really fight in it at that point and um, my dad was kind of the head guy in the military and so we lived on the base in Tehran um, which was crazy because during the time there was a war going on. So, you know, we were the target because we lived on a military base. Uh-huh. So we'd have to like, there'd be times we hear sirens just on a normal basis and have to like evacuate the building because it was an apartment building and like have to go outside and put like a rug out there and lay out there. And like, we'd see like rockets going over our head, like bombs, wow. just, yeah. And so um, my dad kind of saw that also that my brother being like, we have an older brother, his name's Farhad. And by the time you're 12, 13, they try to pull you into the military. So at this point, the the old regime lost out to the new regime, which yeah. is super religious, super Very fanatical. Fanatical. And w- during that time, was there a war going on internally, yeah. like a civil no. war with like okay? Oh no 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 there was there, no there was a no it was a revolution. Okay. There, was there, a, there was a civil war. My dad and them actually were a part of that. So it's, it, they overthrew the pretty much the Shah. That's why we're here today because of the war in Vietnam, right? right? You guys are here because of the war between Iran and Iraq. Right. And, you know who wants to live through those those days, right? So, so it was it was bad. Your dad didn't like yeah. it. Uh, and then what happened after that? You got when was it where you guys were like, we gotta go? So my dad kind of had planned this whole thing and really didn't tell my mom about the whole thing. So my dad said one day, hey, we're going to go on a camping trip. Oh, it was man. me and my older brother, and I was all hyped because I'm a girl. And I'm like, my dad wants to hang out with me. Like, I thought he was, like, the coolest thing, and I never got to hang out with him. Aww. And to be a girl in Iran and, like, in this Muslim regime, you didn't get to do fun things like that. So I was like, yeah, I'm going camping with my dad. Aww. So we all get to my aunt's house, and my brothers and my mom were there, and they thought we were going camping, too. Yeah, I thought she was going camping. They thought we were going camping, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> we waved goodbye. 
little, little I know, my sister was about to Like, we're, we weren't going to see him for five years. So. We oh, didn't who, see each other. Yeah, we I didn't see him. Yeah, we didn't see him. We got separated for five years. How, how, how did you get separated? Uh, so my dad said we're going on a camping trip, like I said. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, this was probably the longest camping trip ever. But we actually ended up going and picking up another family. You and your dad. My dad and, and, and my brother Farhad, the older one. And, we and left I got left behind with my bro- little brother Aziz. Oh, so there's... Mm-hmm. there's rest, obviously four siblings. Person. Yeah. So you, your dad, and your older brother left yeah. to go pick up another family. Yeah, to go camping. To go camping. And uh-huh. Amir and your younger brother Aziz and your mom stayed back. At my aunt's house. I remember waving goodbye. And we got Aww. on this bus. And we like in the back and we waved. And... And little did I know that I wasn't going to see my mom for five, five years, years until we got to the United States. Oh. When, you, yeah. well, when you realized that you weren't going camping. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's interesting because my dad was just this man of like, he was like, like this I Olympic cried. guy. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cried. I was upset. I'm sorry. I, mean, I cried. Aww. I think I cried right when they were driving away in the bus. Cause I, I was, see that image and yeah. I want to. I want to cry he too. Wanna, he wanted to go camping too. Yeah. 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 He wanted to go camping. <laughs> no, he had his fishing pole ready. You know, and you know when you just have a bad feeling. Aww. I think. I, I think at that time I, I didn't just, know. I just had a bad feeling. I knew there was something wrong for sure. So so it's funny because we're called blessed boaters because we left on a boat. You mm-hmm. guys are blessed bussers. No no no. Yeah, so we went and picked up this other family and then I kind of knew it was getting weird because we did end up like in the mountains. So the way my dad had planned to escape was through the Kurdish mountains mm. and Kurdistan is right in the middle of Iran and Iraq. So oh. they're kind of, Inter- they're independent mm. and they're in the middle, but that's another thing that Iran and Iraq are fighting to take over this land and mm. take away the independence of oh. Kurdistan. Again, that's why I tell you that being born into war, you just kind of normalize these things. Like, okay, there is a whole war going on, but I can still go camping in it, yeah. right? <laughs> so um, I remember my dad picking up this other family who had two daughters and then we met up with some people who had guns and they were definitely like wow. Kurdish mountain like type soldiers and I never felt at threat oh let's just put it that way yeah. but then um it got kind of weird because like, two weeks later I was like wait dad we're walking and like <gasps> we went and picked up some horses some mules because we had to climb up a lot of rocky mountains wow. so they had to get certain kind of mules that could actually Walk. climb up the mountains yeah. and so when I want to describe Kurdistan it's very beautiful land but very poor houses are made out of clay at that point wow. um, like there's no plumbing I was six so you remember yeah. a lot you remember a lot yeah, yeah. I do. And how come you're vivid? Sorry, how come your parents didn't go together? Because Amir and Aziz were too young, and the threat of having to cross the border at night and not being able to quiet a two year old down and saying, hey, we're about to get shot. You. Can you not cry? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. Good so it was a sensible reason, but also my, my dad. Mom, my dad my didn't mom, tell my mom. And my mom was a little bit resistant to the idea of leaving our whole family behind okay. there and going to somewhere we've never been, a language yeah. we don't speak. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, it's, I'm sure it was such a hard decision. But oh, but you yeah. do know that even in Vietnam, mm. a lot of big families do separate because yeah. the chances of them traveling together and dying all at once. Yeah. And that if right. they were to split up, they have more chances of living. Yeah. And right. so at least the whole family didn't go down. Mm-hmm. That was like our family. Yeah. My, my, my dad yeah, went first and then my mom and us stayed back. And yeah. So, yeah. And your so, older sister too, right? Yeah, she she, it took back. her a while to come here. Yep. Yeah. After that, we were just kind of going from uh, village to village. And when I say village, I mean like tents and like houses made out of clay and b- basically just living off of like 
hard boiled eggs and like um, yogurt and like berries. Yeah, and then my dad would leave us for a while with the soldiers, me and my brother Farhad and the other family, and they go like navigate and see what's in front of us. Yeah. So they like go do the, you know. The and you're trying to get to Turkey? No, we going? were trying to get to Turkey to just um, eventually get to another country, but Turkey would have been our get out, right? We okay. could have uh-huh. got more rights. We could have then, you know, Built made something our, and yeah. made some myself and get out of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Along. Man, yeah. that's so, so where did crazy. you get to then? Uh, actually, we we ended up in, <laughs> in this we ended up in um, this village, and in this village, I just remember this is after six months of traveling and a lot of weird stuff happening along the way too. Like weird stuff, like meaning what? like. Oh, like, oh, my God. God. That like was the lights. Weird stuff. Okay. Well, I'll just tell you guys one story okay. of how... We'll leave that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird. That was definitely okay. weird. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Perfect so, timing. Yeah. Um, there was like this one day, like this is how we were trying to normalize things. My dad was like, we're going to go to a bazaar, which was like a bunch of tables in the middle of a desert, like set up with like toothbrushes. We're going to go to the bazaar, which is like just shopping yeah. um, and go pick up some toothbrushes. And I was like, yeah, you know, because <laughs> I've always been like... <laughs> still like to go to my shopping oh, yeah. <laughs> like let's go shopping dad so then we end up down there and um th- it was actually kurdish independence day so the kurdish people were celebrating their whole independence like shooting guns in the air yeah. celebrating being happy eating and so iraq knowing this decided they were going to bomb kurdistan oh, because wow. they wanted to make sure they knew they they were not going to have their independence oh, for long gosh. like a scare tactic yeah. All of a sudden, all I hear is like something hitting, and then my brother running in one direction, my dad running in another direction. And as a six year old, I see a hole in the ground, which is usually where people used to go to the bathroom. And I see a man and a mule standing in there. So I guess a man and a mule had, I was like, oh, this is safe. Because, you know, as a kid, you think, I'm going to go in this hole and I'm going to yeah, just hide, hide yeah. and nothing's going to hit me if I hide. Seconds later, I hear my dad go, Fereshte, which is my Iranian name, and then grabs my arm with somebody else, and we run, and bam, and the man and the mule are. Yeah. Oh, like oh my exploded. gosh! Exploded. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's just to wow. kind of tell you what I meant by like the reality of there being an actual war and us knowing this fact, and the next day having to see. Experiencing it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Same gosh. thing. Like when you guys were gone, I remember at one point in time because we used to get air raids and bombed on every day. My mom got to the point where you know they would tell you to leave your apartment, right? And go hide in the basement. I remember at one point my mom just every time they would tell her. Every time they told my mom, uh, hey, there's about to be a bombing, you'd hear the sirens, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And they would tell you, hey, you have to turn off all the lights because what they would do is look for lights when they're, the the, when they're like the bombing planes mm-hmm. would go over. Mm-hmm. They're looking for lights to hit the Target. targets, mm-hmm. right? So everybody was forced to turn off all the lights. You can't even light a candle or anything. Oh, You're like man. literally told to turn off every light. And it got to the point where, I was where my mom was just like over it. She's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna sit here with my two kids. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, the energy yeah. is here. The energy is definitely here. Yeah. We are going back in time. Yeah, we are. No, just to let you know how normalized war was to yeah. us. Turn off the lights, it's gonna be a target. For sure. Right. No, but war, like how she was saying, war 
when you know when you're living through something yeah. like coronavirus, we're all living through it right now. It's right. it's normalized to us, right? But yeah. you told us two years ago yeah. you're gonna have to wear a mask every day. Yeah. You don't get to see Can't your family. You don't get to watch your family. No you don't get to go to some, yeah. no cemeteries. Yeah. You don't get to do Funeral, go to a hospital, hospital with your family yeah. to make sure they're okay. Right. We wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, right. you can't hug people right? six feet distance. So yeah. you yeah. gotta understand that people, when it's normalized, you're living a war. It's you know it's it seems extreme when you tell the story, but at that point in time. Seeing a, seeing a missile fly by or an F-15 shooting or oh. seeing live rounds going off, oh, it was normal to me. And yeah. seeing tanks outside mm-hmm. just driving around and knowing that at any time, just die. like she said, I could get hit by a missile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so Crazy, crazy. That was... Insane. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Bless Busser or Bless Donkey no. or Walker or something. Bless for sure. Yeah. Bless Voyager. Yeah. yeah. And there's a reason why yeah. you're here today for to sure. tell the story. For so, sure. So, so crazy. So, Girl, yeah. Give me goosebumps. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then uh, um, we eventually, a yeah, we dodged that bullet, but eventually, you know, we went to this one camp and we were there for with the this same family and the soldiers were there, but I somehow the word got out that we were escaping and um, we ended up, uh, you know, getting kind of stopped in our path and um we did end up becoming kind of prisoners of war um in iraq um so we had to live in like what could have been kind of described like a super old like what you would think would be a school or a gymnasium like in the middle of a nowhere um with little rooms with like windows with bars and just to kind of throw my dad's part in here he's still this super charismatic well-liked person he always showed so much confidence through all our travels and he was this like tough guy i mean he pulled me out of you know so many bad situations and not just me many other people and he's very well known and liked and so um he had this way about him even in prison like um, he somehow got all the guards to like him and to the point where we would go outside and he they uh, eventually allowed us to do aerobics outside every morning uh-huh. led by my dad. No, and then but I think that was only because at one point that uh, he was trying to convince him the whole time that he wasn't a prisoner more that I, so that he had surrendered yeah. himself to them with his kids. Mm. I would say that mm. it was it was traumatizing. Mind you, there was a point where somebody did escape and to show us like you can't escape. They brought everyone outside and shot the guy in front of us to say hey like the threat is here but we also had this like like i said i never really felt super traumatized by it i just felt like my dad was there i was gonna be okay he even like had like this it was just interesting he just started this like esperanto learning class inside the prison i mean so there was like still light in all of this but you knew you were a prisoner of war but my dad just kind of was this person who, through his charisma, was able to like make it look for me as and my brother not so dangerous. Yeah. Since we were refugees and we had the status of not wanting to be in Iran anymore because my dad was in the military, the Red Cross actually came in and intervened. And through the help of Red Cross, we were able to get on an airplane. Oh, shout, shout out to the Red Cross. Shout out to the Red Cross. <laughs> Saving my people. Man. Yes, the, yes. The prison camp. Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know they yes. did that. I didn't yes. know they did that. Yeah. They do. It was they do negotiation. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, just take these prisoners, obviously. <laughs> no, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty dope that way. And, and the other family actually ended up picking United States, the family that was with us. And uh-huh. we picked Spain because my aunt lived there. Yeah. So then, yeah, we moved to Spain. We called my mom. My mom finds out we're live i'm sure that was a very joyous day for her yeah. <laughs> um and then um eventually we i do go to second grade in spain and then um i come to the united states my dad gets his visa to come to the united states because we found a family here to sponsor us mm. and we get to america Yay! and then that's when uh my dad went to so he had communication with the red cross and he had let them know that 
me, my little brother, and my mom were still back there. Uh. And at that point, when they left, when my dad went AWOL, they came and, uh, you know, harassed my mom pretty bad. Oh, no. And they kicked us off the military base. So we had to live in an apartment that my uncle had in, in Tehran. And that's where I saw more. I feel like <laughs> even the war, like yeah. the actual planes just going by our building and trying wow. to hit. And the, there was a lot of uh, anti-air craft uh, firing going on. So you wow. can see everything. You know, oh, you can see, I've seen a yeah. missile like almost 100 yards away from me, like just fly over me before. This like, is so crazy that yeah. it's the yeah. normal. And th this yeah. is what I see on TV. Like yeah. I would right. never Yeah, exactly it. what you saw on TV. You well, know, all those anti-aircraft <laughs> shots that go in the air. I was right next to them. <laughs> and you said, oh, you know, it's just TV, honey. Yeah. You know, it's just TV, don't worry. But no, people are living this right now. Children. I was children. I was a kid, you know. My little brother at the time was two years old. I was four. Yeah. You know, so it was, you know, it was, and you can remember, I can remember everything yeah. from it, but we're still going through it at the time when they had called us and they were already going to America. Mm -hmm. So then one day without any, nothing, all of a sudden we just heard a knock at the door and it was a gentleman from the Red Cross wow. and they told us, uh, we're not allowed to take any personal items. Yeah. We're just going to leave. Mm -hmm. I remember just us locking our apartment yeah. and then mm -hmm. knowing that, Hey, we're not going to take none of this. We just got to go. And then that was when wow. we, did, we went straight to the airport. They stamped our visas. I mean, we got out of there. I didn't know this. Yeah, it was within, <laughs> within the same day. They got us. It was just in the middle of the night. They, we had to leave, like, acting like everything was normal, obviously. Yeah. Mm. And then once we got to the airport, Red Cross uh, got us on the plane. They flew us out to Spain. Mm -hmm. And that's where my dad had made some uh, friends already. And these guys had already mm -hmm. been there prior to us arriving in Spain. Mm -hmm. So uh, once we got there... We did know a lady named Rosario that mm -hmm. my father knew, and she she let us stay at her apartment, mm -hmm. and uh, or we stayed there, I believe, for nine months, almost. Yeah, a year. so it took about five years total in this time frame for us to be reunited, and yeah. so yeah, mm -hmm. so then we got reunited five years, and we're in America. High Yay. five! Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, we were just looking at the picture yeah, of us getting yeah, yeah. to the airport. Uh -huh. it was, it's crazy because mm -hmm. I just I always remember that one yeah, outfit that I got to leave with, right? Yeah. It's just like yeah. it was a people good don't understand, you know, personal items, oh you know, God. at that point are not even important, right? Uh -huh. you know, yeah. When you're a refugee, when you see people on TV like kids and refugees walking away, yeah. like you see you see TV, right? Yeah. The news and yeah. you see people walking, right? Yeah. Imagine some of those people are just holding their everything they yeah. own. <laughs> you know, that's that's their life. That so, backpack yeah. is their life. You know, very good. So now we're so now you guys are in the U.S. Obviously, mm -hmm. your parents don't have money or anything. So now you guys move into the Cedarville low income housing no, project. No, Cedarville in wasn't our Cedarville wasn't our first neighborhood. How, which neighborhood did you guys move to? They lived in Greenwood at the time, but yeah. then we came to the realization when we arrived that my dad was not financially stable enough to support the family, just like how your family went through the kind of the same thing. My dad was living in a, uh, a house that was like a duplex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we arrived, the finances was obviously yeah. very tight for my family. He was, a, he was a mechanic at the time just trying to support my older brother and my sister. And once we arrived, my mom and my little brother and me, yeah. It became more of a financial burden, I feel like, at that time. And that's when I think they applied for uh, Seattle Housing, Seattle State Assistance. State you know, assistance. You know, and that's okay. when we moved to Mom Baker, Mom Baker Mom which Mom is Baker on first. Rainier oh. and McLennan. Oh, okay. okay. And the most, all of our neighbors were Asians. Asian. That's why <laughs> we loved Asians. And we love we had Asians. One, Cambodians and, and Laos. And then we had and a, a Samoan family that lived there. Yeah. And then after a while, um, you know, this was very like 
poor apartments and it was like two rundown. bedrooms run down Very and eventually rundown. they roaches um, rats, yeah, you know, everything. It, was, oh, well. it was yeah it was it so was, cedarville was an upgrade yeah cedarville was actually an upgrade <laughs> because they had to move everybody out of mom baker because at one point in time it was the it was not healthy enough for yeah. people to even actually live there so well, they when you say not healthy enough because it was rats roaches, roaches. Oh, okay. it was infested by uh it was just really it was infested. Oh, it was wow. at that time, but then they moved everybody out of those neighborhoods into yep. other neighborhoods, uh -huh. which we were we were moved into Cedarville, and a lot of people were chosen for like High Point, mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. yeah. Holly Park. We just happened to go to Cedarville yeah. to us. We we're like, wow, well, this is an upgrade. Destiny, <laughs> which, wasn't a, which wasn't an upgrade, but at no, that time to us yeah. it was because we lived in a lot smaller apartment. I feel like in my it was two bedrooms with. Um, there yeah. was four four siblings and my mom and dad. Yeah, six so. of us living in there, yeah. like four or five. Yeah, we just made it work. Yeah, yeah, we made so it work. We're less than nothing to eat. How did you guys yeah. meet Rango? We just moved there from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. We like lost everything, and we we're about to move into the project, right? But at the time, we were renting this small two bedroom house over by Greenwood. Right. And after a year, funny same story. Yeah, yeah. after a year, <laughs> they didn't have money to pay the rent. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, right? same so, story. Uh, we got uh, housing. And so my mom's like, hey, let's go check out our new uh, place that we're going to live in. We're going to move there uh -huh. in like a couple months, right? So we get to Cedarville, me and my mom, and we get out. We're walking around. And then I look over and I see this guy jump this fence, <laughs> right? He, <laughs> he jumped this Sounds fence. Like it. Sounds then, like me. He jumps this fence, and then he jumped back over the fence, same way he got in. Uh -huh. And he was carrying these shoes, right? Uh -huh. And then he looks at me, and I look at him, <laughs> uh -huh. and then he runs off with carrying these shoes, right? Oh and I was God. like... And that was a mirror when I first. I didn't know him at the time. Uh -huh. but I was like, "Who's this guy?" How old were you guys? How old were you guys? Ten. 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 About ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids. And so then, and then I was like, and you know, I looked at it, it was like abandoned cars, yeah. and like you know, you could tell it's like different than where I'm living, right? I'm like, right. Well, I'm like, can we live somewhere else? <laughs> like, I don't want to move here, you know, because I, I was like, we're downgrading right now. <laughs> And she's like, we were no. upgrading. You were downgrading. <laughs> I feel you. And so then we moved in reluctantly. And then I remember we, the first day we moved in, I was like upstairs. Yeah. And we're your moving these stuff in and out. I'm looking out the window, like checking out the kids right. in the neighborhood. Then Amir and Edward walked by, the tall white guy. Yeah. Walked by. And then. You're in your bedroom. Yeah, I was in my bedroom. bedroom. And, I was, and they were like, I was like, I think Amir said, hey, you want to play basketball? Yeah. You there? I'm like. Okay, I'll go play basketball. <laughs> yeah. And then we walked to the park behind the Aww. house and started playing basketball. Aww. And they, the rest is history. Love of basketball, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why you guys built the relationship there, huh? Yeah. And, and then, yeah, we became really close friends after that. I feel mm -hmm. like like mm -hmm. I knew right off the bat that I, I, I was going to like this guy. And not only that I was going to like this guy, this guy had more family structure than I did. Uh -huh. So I knew he, they had food in their house. Because like, <laughs> one thing that yeah. we were food deprived at the time. Aww. I don't know how to explain because my mom didn't speak English. My yeah. father was just working hard. And during that time, you know, you, you're living off of $200 worth of food stamps, I think, right? At the yeah, most. I don't even think it was that. I think it was 200 total and mm. like food stamps in. Yeah, because at the time you're. It you're, was a lot less than people live you, off of your brother yeah. fought if at the house it was one of my brothers has passed away at the time remember my, one of my younger brothers Aziz, he got hit by a car what no. happened where was he going we had gone to play video games at the at fun, you fun and, and games fun and games at North, at North Game Mall, Mall. You yeah. just you two yeah they were yeah, walking no we went with a couple friends yeah okay and then uh, I was playing video games and then I don't it's the weirdest story but I don't want to you know it was yeah. I was in the middle of my video game and I had the weirdest chills come up on me and I was like oh. I was like where's my brother yeah. and then they were like oh he left I was like, my brother left? So I abandoned my game, which I, until this day, I, I still can't understand 
what yeah. why I, as a kid you would abandon a whole game that you were just so were I, really I saved up for worried. yeah so i ran home and i ran a, past a bunch of ambulances and fire oh trucks God. and then when i got home it was just uh mm. i remember one of my friends glenn he was a neighbor he was at my house already when i got there and he was like your brother just got hit by a car no way at that time you know obviously it was hard to get a hold of people it wasn't like everybody had a cell phone or mm -hmm. anything like that so finally got in touch with my mom and them and then yeah. uh, i just sat at home and then they all went to the hospital yeah. came back and they gave us the tragic story so then it was my my mom and dad didn't end up working out after that just because grief kind of does this weird thing yeah. so then they mm. separated and um, i think right after that whole incident you guys and then regina's family moved mm -hmm. in at the mm. same during the same time frame right which gave us a little bit more of a family yeah we structure. felt like we have family, family because day, yeah. you know this devastating thing had happened and then I remember your mom was just such a welcoming person. Aww. I remember she would always and just she have, cook she all have food. There'd always be food in her house and we just walk in and there always would be like, she'd have this round table inside Aww. the kitchen and that's the window that kind of opened up into their house and you could always see there's like food sitting there Aww. and it was just like, she always was like, do you want some? Like she never made us feel like we couldn't have it and yeah. and Gina's family is the same. I feel like whenever right. we went to their house, they were like, do you want some? Like, And that was like such a great feeling for us to have you guys be like family to yeah, us. It's crazy. Aww. I've known you guys for so long like mm -hmm. 30 years mm -hmm. like most of my my mm -hmm. life and i never really asked you about like these you know because yeah. it was kind of like a yeah. uh, off subject thing yeah. i knew it kind of happened i think it was about a uh, a year after it happened that's when i moved in i met you and you know you guys are two years apart yeah yeah and i, I think about like me and john who like we grew right. up together like we're you know, we were twins basically we we're yeah together me, me and aziz were together yeah. because oh, you gotta remember we lived in the war so when it we left never, Iran, they were left was, together. Yeah, it was never a point in time. Like, so I slept separated. in the same bed with him. Yeah. I ate with him. Yeah. I went to the bathroom with him. If I went to the bathroom, he's coming they with They were me. best yeah. friends. Like, yeah, so it was yeah. really, really, it was yeah. it was really hard on me at that time, obviously. I did uh, care, like, too. Blaine, I how mean, did, I, how did you overcome that? Yeah. Yes. I don't think you could overcome that. I think you, you just learned to live with it. Yeah. I mean, when you're in that in that mode and you're surviving because <gasps> as you know how our lifestyle was right. it's all about just getting by and so you don't have time to really like digest what just happened right and, and so, school became harder for me yeah everything became harder like where rango is like his story is a little bit different than mine is yeah. because he That's had fine. jonathan there right yeah. and he had and richie and richie and and all that but when that happened to me i feel like i even though me and rango were good friends there was still there a separation of that friendship and then my the, my friends that weren't as nice or yeah. <laughs> yeah. good so obviously I, I did go through some problems and went through uh i got obviously in bad situations poor coping mechanisms yeah so <laughs> obviously i did some yeah. bad things i got my i caught my I, first, I did my first crime i think i was 10 years old yeah. there was an incident also where uh richie when he was five at the time and we were you know he was a housing project kid and he went to the mall with a bunch yeah. of kids and then he lost them and then the cop had to bring them back yeah right I remember and you're that. talking about like <laughs> seven eight-year-olds trying to watch a five-year-old is you know that's how he got lost but i think about like it could have been richie yeah. or, or someone else you know or one right. of us that yeah. that and that's why it's um such a tragedy yeah. that but in every happened. sad story there's a blessing right he was my yeah. i feel like he was my anchor to like life you know like after that i had more reason to try to live yeah. but during those times, I didn't really know it because I was so young, mm -hmm. right? But 
he was like my angel. He was my guidance to being able to do what I'm doing now, I feel like. And I still use him as my anchor of life, oh, right? Like, so mm-hmm. he's my guardian angel, right? So, sure. so can I ask you something? No, go ahead. Because I know some people that's going through tough times and right. lost their loved ones. And it's really, really hard. I can't even imagine, you know, right. um, how to get through. If that ever happened to me, I don't even know how I can see the light. It's mm-hmm. going to be really hard. So for those, you know, people who are going through the same thing, maybe some, something similar, what advice or what things would you advise them? Because you've experienced it, right. you know, right. mm-hmm. how, to get, how to get over that hump, how to get over that obstacle, how to how to deal because you know some people don't want to deal it some people i have a friend call me up and she says she was just she doesn't see why she's living she doesn't yeah. want to live yeah and she just want to take basically she's telling me she want to take her life away right so i mean how do you get over something like that because it's really hard i mean when we went to visit my brother the other day and we um stand over him and um we just think like he didn't get this opportunity and it would be a devastating thing for us to like not honor him by living a full life and mm-hmm. living that American dream that he would have wanted. And we want to do it for him. We want to live on and like he is the good in us. Like mm-hmm. I always tell Amir, I mean, we could have gotten into a lot more trouble. And I think just knowing like you have a guardian angel and like you, you got to stay on the right path and you got to live because somebody else didn't get to live. Oh, you that's know? a good one. So yeah. for those out there, live because someone didn't get to live. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a good one that, that maybe hopefully message, yeah. like help you power through tough times. Yeah. Like, I feel his energy yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Like mm-hmm. literally feel, I feel for like sure. he, I don't, that's why I always tell people, you know, there's energy, there's God, mm-hmm. you know, b- believe there is a God and there is, you know, yeah. you're, we're, and obviously life is just a blessing. When you wake up in the morning, you're blessed. Yeah. Life is truly a blessing. And I got to live, you know, you got to live for your pa- loved ones that did pass away, you know? Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thanks for sharing. No, no, yeah. I, mean, I, I hope that, you know, it's for me when I, you know, I, I lost my mom last year. Right, and, right, right. It was tough for all of us, you know, that was like mom to me too. So, yeah. and Aww. your dad, you know, it was. Yeah, it was, it was. It's been a tough year for us. Aww. I can I, I, I say. For me, I feel like it's um, therapeutic, also right. for me to share it yeah. and then write stuff about it. And I so I hope that y- you guys can, you know, feel like it's helping in some weird way of like just talking about it makes me happy. Then, okay. It does, yeah. even though it makes me sad. A lot of people are going through it right now. Yeah, especially with COVID and people yep. passing away. We just lost. I lost a friend last week to COVID. You know, and then before that, a week before that, I lost another friend, and they both yep. had children. That's so the it's just most you know, tragic is when someone yeah, we got, we got to count every blessing that we do have, you know. That's how I feel like when we lived in the projects. It's like I lived in the projects. It might have been hard, but it was a lot easier than getting bombed on every day. <laughs> yeah, like, there you go. It was an or, upgrade. Or, or, or being away from my family because I just I felt such an emptiness when my sister and my brother were taken away from me for so long, right? So, yeah. and you know now I have them. I feel like I I got to count those blessings, right? And my nieces and nephews that were produced afterwards. By my sister, my brothers, Aww. and all. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. after um, that, and when I met you guys, it was just you two at home all the time. Your house, it was like the, <laughs> the, the locals, it was like the local boys house. and girls club for <laughs> yeah. the community. We never like, locked our door. They never locked the door. <laughs> you could just walk your, your into parents house. were he, never home. Nobody cared. You guys didn't collect a, um, was it a, a door charge? No, <laughs> no. Cover charge. They should have. They would have made some money. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm that's, just kidding. I think that's where, where we started a club and started charging. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, that's what we got the idea yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just charge people to hang out with us. And I remember there was never any food at your house, right? So what we would do, 
well, something that so vivid that I remember about the hood was we went down to Thriftway, like a block away. Yeah. And we went dumpster diving. Dumpster diving. Like all the, dump, you know, what, what dumpster diving. You go in the oh, dumpster. Oh, dumpster. Okay. And you get like the vegetables. The expired food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Chocolate Ice bars. Cream, uh, expired yeah, I knew, soda. I knew, I knew, I knew what it was. I knew what it was. I just... I just didn't it's know it was a hood, hood slang or something, you know, that I didn't know about. Yeah, moldy bread, but at that you know, time, cookies. At that time, we didn't, honestly, what it was is at that time, we didn't, we, this is very important too. This is what my sister works in this kind of stuff with refugees now is this, we weren't educated on what resources were there for us. We didn't know there was a food bank. Did no. you know that? Did you know the day I learned there was a food bank, right? Because at that point, when I learned there was a food bank, that's when uh, Rosie and them had moved to uh, High Point. Uh-huh. And I was pretty much living in High Point because they pretty much took care of us too. But we found I found a food bank. Oh. And I went home. Food bank was a come up. I told hey. my mom we made it. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, hey, finally. I was like, there's a place, mom, they give you free food. I brought a box of food <laughs> yeah, home, right? So cute. And then I, like bu- what I got, mom. And then I found out that you could volunteer. Yeah. At the food bank, right? Yeah. And a lot of people at that time would do it for, uh, what is it, for probation or something? Uh, I didn't have none of that oh, probation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, like okay. you do it. But I was like, man, just let me sign me up. <laughs> oh. I get some cheese. I, get, <laughs> I knew it was, you know. No, but you're right. It was kind of like, you know, you guys came over and there was no My food, food bank was Rango <laughs> at that time. Rango! Family. No, and, it was. Yeah. Like, Rango's mom would, like, literally feed me all the time. And it was, and it yeah. helped us get through a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, it's uh, I never you know went dumpster diving before before and then I remember that day. Yeah, he, he was like, "Hey, you hungry, right? All right, let's, let's go down the Why street." Me? So, so I went with you. I think we went with like it was Choi's idea. Choi, we went in there like got soda, we got like bread, chocolates, cookies, everything. Like, it wasn't like I was embarrassed about it because I was doing it with the homies. Right? Yeah. So we're all like, wow, look at all this stuff. So it was important. Like, I'll tell you the truth, though. The things we were doing in the projects might have been. Imba- we didn't tell the same stories outside the projects. You uh-huh. know, it was yeah, obviously yeah. we kept yeah. it a tight knit community. But I feel like everybody came inside the project. So they <laughs> saw it firsthand anyway. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not we like. Didn't invite, we didn't invite everybody. Mind you, we had like this little apartment, like this little house that was like attached to different townhouses. And like, like, like Rango said, it was like this open door policy. And like. Mind you, this open door policy became like this really fun place in some way where oh, wow. they, all the boys would come over and fun play. Fun and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. Well, they, I, I want to say, fu- say the fun part. I want to say the fun part. So, like, to the point where, like, Rango and them would come over and every day we'd have, like, card games. Yeah. Boys and Girls Club. There was that essence of, like, we are children. And, our fa- like, you, like Rango said, our mom wasn't home. So it was, it was all about finding family in other places. For mm-hmm. me, for sure. That's why I got really close. And um, my mom was home. She was just going through a tragedy after yeah. like at the yeah, time my brother had passed away, so she would just cry every day. Yeah, but then she was hard. also gone. It seems like whatever situation it may be, um, you guys were forced to become independent, forced to yeah. make it work. For, yep. You know, and then you found family, Ringo. Like yep. they found you yeah. and your family, and it's see things come together for yeah. certain reasons. You know? Yeah, and the interesting about Cedarville was there were so many different really. Uh, nationalities there different families and even though we was all struggling but we all had each other's back you know at yeah. the end of the day like we cared for each other like any small kids were around mm-hmm. the neighborhood someone take care of them make sure they're mm-hmm. not leaving leaving the neighborhood or someone's hungry yeah. someone's always like hey you know I, I got something for you and and i think that, you know there was only those that went through that time at cedarville with us that that brings our bond so tight these days right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're all some of us are still friends on social media and facebook and we're all like cheering each other on yeah. and seeing everybody have kids and have families and mo- move out of the hood 
it's a it's a special thing it is mm. so when i see you guys have this this much of a bond and it's just so much love this is something i never had remember i, I was also raised in the hood mm-hmm. rainer vistas okay yeah. we're there we're in the we're yeah. on that street rainer you guys vistas. know rainer vistas okay. rainer vista low income housing project yes we and love. you know i didn't see much of my parents they're yeah. hustling going to you know working three jobs you know i only saw the babysitter yeah so i was very lonely with three two three other siblings um and i just remember just being very lonely yeah. I, I mean i don't know if that's the reason why it was very hard for me to trust people or have people come or be very close to me yeah. because i knew the situation i was in and i was just forced to be that older sister um i make it look really easy and actually in life i make everything look really easy but internally i hold so much inside and hold so much on my shoulder yeah yeah. Um, and so yeah. when I see bonds like this, this is amazing, you guys. This is like things that not everyone has. And well, so you guys keeping it like this is like there was other people in our neighborhood amazing. that yeah. lived just like you too. I yeah. feel like we, we we still knew they were there. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, obviously, but it wasn't an open door policy, I guess. At their Whoa, house, was it? <laughs> their parents didn't let them come outside because yeah. they knew like yeah, we were the, all the influences. Yeah, was, like yeah. you, there was a lot of bad. You yeah. know, living in housing, obviously, there's a lot of bad there influences. A there's yeah. a threat. We weren't and allowed to open the doors. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a don't legit threat. Sense. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, we we were outside doing a lot of bad things, so <laughs> it was probably good. I that knew you, guys like you. You, you, you I guys, wasn't allowed to right. be around. Them. <laughs> it was probably a good idea for you to stay inside and close the doors at that time. One of the difficult times when i was living there i remember it was just like i remember i was embarrassed about the hood it, yeah, it, when you're living sure. in the hood you're like i you know you know these for guys sure. are going through it with me so i'm not embarrassed right because we're all going through right. this struggle but then i remember some of my white friends would drop me off you know went to middle school with me right. middle school and yeah. that was like a white a school with like richer kids they would drop me off in the hood and i would i wouldn't tell them like where to drop me off at I'd, like drop me off across mm-hmm. the street or down the street at the mall. I was embarrassed to let them know I, I live in the housing project. And I remember another time I, w- I went to the grocery store with my um, mom and dad. I remember it was time to pay. And back then they had like food stamps you had. Yeah, it was like real the Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The brown $1 bill. The brown $1 bill. The green $5. It smelled kind of like, you know, uh, food stamps. But I remember my mom, you know, we went to the register. I knew my dad was also embarrassed of it too. So it was time to pay and he would go first to the mm-hmm. car Aww. and then it would be me and my mom there. And she would like, like open up the food stamps yeah. and pay them. And like, mm-hmm. there's people in line and all these people know that like yeah. we're paying with food stamps. And then I was like, Oh man, like I feel, you know, as a kid, I'm embarrassed, but yeah. I can't leave my mom cause I got help with groceries. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just remember those times in Cedarville where it was good, but it was bad. Right. But you know, I definitely don't regret those moments because no, it I made us who I, we are. Yeah, today, I definitely, you know? I, I embrace those moments. Yeah. You know, those, those, they define us. Those experiences define who we are. That it makes us know when I pull out a real dollar bill, I I know the value of that dollar, and so do you, and so does Angel, and so do, you know we all know that value because when you live through something so hard, you know mm-hmm. it, it teaches you, hey, this is what it's like not to have nothing, you know, and but this also, is what it feels like. But know? also, yeah. like when you are in a situation like that, when you um, are deprived as a child, all you want is family. So you seek out people more. You get out of your like um, comfort zones. And I think that's really helped us in the long run because like, for example, 
we put on this whole production so we could all hang out called Field Day. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> like it was, a, it was you literally. You guys put it out, yeah, 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 we did. We, we did. put it we on had, we we did. Yeah. No, 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 it was no, a Field Day. But, we did, we and, put it together. And we put it together where we had a gunny sack race. We had a baseball game. We had a dance at the basketball court. That and we raised night. the money. We raised the and money. And we raised the money. By doing a car wash down the street. And, and also your and mom. And we convinced the gas station yeah. to let us use their uh, water. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember. To let us have a car wash. So, and then your mom would, would make the um, egg rolls egg and then we go in the corner and sell them lemonade so, so mind that. you these little kids who are like have nothing yet we come together and we created this whole production and we raised Amazing. the money mm-hmm. we created a car wash we did a whole like uh, like selling on the corner like cookies yeah. and egg rolls egg and Kool-Aid and yeah. And and put this together and oh and then and then convince everybody like of a timeline like you do an actual like this is crazy you know, uh, yeah amazing thirteen so years old fourteen how much did you guys make you don't I don't remember in that field day two hundred dollars or something yeah we we, we, yeah, made we it did enough. all right what did you do with the money we we, we bought a present we bought like gifts mm-hmm. if you want a contest yeah on the field like day. the gunny sack oh, race get that yeah food for the party food for the party we had a whole like dance on the basketball court oh, that's where so we bought like fun. we put chairs out and we sat i mean we that's made what, that's why we learned our production yeah. skills of putting on events that's what i'm that. trying yeah. to like yeah. tie yeah. in yeah. is at it this young early. age yeah. through like your struggles and not having and having to get creative to create these experiences so I what know. happens you you produce things and then these things live in you all three of us have that's eventually like, become like promoters or like <laughs> i'm a project manager program yeah. coordinator i'm a mark i was in marketing and That's my so, so and you know you guys do real estate you guys have done the clubs and everything so those early like having to get out of your comfort zone and get and do these things mm-hmm. really like instill um you know thank god these like yeah. long-term values that ended up leading us to our success and oh, so and i think amazing. of um like cedarville as this little like village where we kind of had to create family through each other uh-huh. because a lot of our parents did have to go out there and hustle. Mm-hmm. A lot of pa- parents did have like hardships. It was, and then so what do you do? You count on each other. And that's mm-hmm. like the thing when I see right now going on, I want to tell people like reach out to each other, be there for each yeah. other because isolation and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, it leads to like, I couldn't imagine have gone through that experience and growing up and it haven't been a really good reflection for me now without having to have create a community with you guys, created these experiences, Amazing. like coming to our house. like And not only that, it made so many people attracted to our neighborhood from every class as we grew up, right? That mm-hmm. energy. That, yeah, that energy. That of, love, that, that energy, love. it glows. But then with that also, we did attract, you know, being that all of us were like, people like kind of isolated from our parents in a sense because they had to go and survive it did also attract some oh. other things gang members gang Remember members we, we had a lot of uh gang members come to our neighborhood crips and blood yeah. oh, and really bolts. they yeah, would yeah. We, come from we, different neighbor everybody because i because our family obviously lived in different neighborhoods so when yeah. we lived in mom baker we attracted a certain crowd uh-huh. I mean, in the Mom Baker, you had the Little Rascals, Seattle Boys, a lot of different BS, yeah. BSP, a lot of Asian gangs. Then when we moved to Cedarville, yeah. you know, it, it just what happened. I, I don't know. Like, I heard that, about that. Yeah. I heard about that stuff, you know, even though I lived in, only inside. Yeah. But like yeah, a lot of them were, yeah, there were, and, a lot of them were in your yeah. neighborhood, too. Yeah. I, I always so. heard about Crips and Bloods and what I is like red and we, blue. We had know? a few gang members that lived in our neighborhood, but not that many. We were all just a clique. Like we yeah, were, we had our own we, clique. We, yeah. we were called the you guys named yourself Cedar Villains. It wasn't like an official gang, but we knew like because we're from Cedarville. It's just like our And these gangs would come into our neighborhood and they would try to recruit 
screwed us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And wow. me and Amir, and we were always smarter than my brother. We we're like, yeah. bro, we're not going to just join one join, color. Yeah. You know what I mean? When we got like homies everywhere, yeah. you know? That's and so I embraced, me, I embraced all of them, right? So yeah, I, was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, you're a crip? Cool. You're black? Cool. <laughs> And then the funny thing, I was trying to make everybody friends. Oh, <laughs> like, so nice. you had all these people that had all these problems with yeah. each other. So the danger was real. There was that incident where someone blew up your door. Yeah. yeah oh. What happened there? What happened? <laughs> Why did someone <laughs> blow up your door? I think they think you were involved. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you I were, think I you think were, you were I the bottom. I think, I think, I think you had to do with this guy. With someone tried to steal my girlfriend. Oh, oh. I, think, I, I don't know. I think that's what, what happened. Are you okay. sure you, somebody tried to steal no, no. your girlfriend? What? I get it. Rango was sought after by girls. Girls are chasing him. I, girls like him. So started, the, was it, started, it a girl who blew up the door? No, no, no. It started. Oh, okay. It started there, but we went to a house party. Uh -huh. And at this house party, it was a uh, we're good, we're all good friends now. It's uh, uh -huh. I, I I call them like the Beacon Crew, Jefferson Crew. Uh -huh. I don't want to name drop all of them. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, don't, don't, but during that time, we we're at a house party, and I remember being in front of the house, and they found out who I was, uh -huh. and they had decided that they were gonna beat me up, oh, right? They were gonna God. jump me. Yeah. So. I, was, I remember at that time, uh, one of the guys came up to me and grabbed me by oh. my neck. Uh -huh. Oh, man. And all my friends, these guys were all in the house in the back having a good old time, having a party. Uh -huh. And I remember uh, he grabbed me and then I just like poked him in his eye and then, oh. like forcefully got out of it. And then uh, yeah. I ran inside the house and then uh, the story was yeah. everybody came right out. We, it was a big fire. But how, did the, how did the... Door blow up. Uh, you said the door. So yeah, why don't we let Rango tell okay, that story? Said, hold, <laughs> on, hold on, hold on, Rango, please, please go ahead. So, so I, I was, I was with this girl, and then she was hanging out with some other guys, uh, and then one of the guys were trying to hit on her, uh -huh. and it was my girlfriend, and so I was like, hey, you know, so I found out, and I was like, hey, that ain't cool. So we started beefing and you know, going back and forth. Uh -huh. They were my friends before this. They were like another crew. They were calling the Mount Lake Terrace guys, right? Okay. Mount Lake, from Mount Lake Terrace. <laughs> okay. And, and so then we were beefing with them. And one time we, we jumped one at the mall. They knew where he lived because everyone knew where Amir lived. <laughs> that was like the Boys and Girls Club of Cedarville, right? So they roll up. And then it, so there was like 10 of them or something. And then they're like, come down there, Amir. Go get that. Go get Rain. Go tell him to come down. We're going to you know, beat him up. And you're like, F you, man. You can go get my homeboy or whatever. So they're like, they're like, all right, you want us to do something? So they went and grabbed like half a stick of dynamite or something. There's dynamite? How do you get dynamite? I don't know. No. I don't know how people get down on them. They had it, it though. Yeah. And then they go tape it to his door oh, to try to blow up no. the door so they can get in and get at him and go get me. Wow. And they blew yeah. They blew like a huge hole in the door. <laughs> oh, <bed>. my gosh. <laughs> And so then, and then you were there. Well, then what happened? Yeah, I was there too. I, I think wow. our whole family was home. Yeah. Oh then, man. I thought I thought first it's something that might have been like a, somebody shot through the door, right? Oh, that's crazy. And so then I, obviously I looked outside and saw that it, no, it was actually some kind of dynamite or something. But wow. they still couldn't get in. So then. You and know. then they, they they actually took the credit for it. So they, they were like, Literally. "Yeah, we we did it." Oh wow. I was like, They're "Oh, you so did it." Oh, so yeah, at that point I had a lot of friends, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember trying to go back to retaliate on them, oh. and God willing that. Somebody from their crew knew somebody in our crew, mm -hmm. and when we were going to retaliate against them, they had, somebody had told them that hey, these guys were coming. There was like fifty of us, I think. Wow. Yeah, I remember the story. There was a lot I, yeah. of us, but <laughs> so I remember the, the our crew was really big yeah, they, at the time. At sorry, least. sorry about that. You know, I, it wasn't my it's fault. It's okay. It was, uh, you you were you know, girls liked you, and we it got us you know, in trouble. I, I want to know what <laughs> kind of door that is because doors nowadays you can kick it and it'll have no, a this big huge like like door. Government door. Government door. Government door. Your dad probably installed that door. 
I remember the incident. And then after that, the cops came or something. They left. And then we're like, meet us at Carkeek Park at midnight tomorrow night. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we'll meet you there. Like West Side Stories. So then we call up everybody, all the BSPs, the SB, Seattle Boys, BSPs. And there was like 50 of us, right? And we had... Uh, okay. There might have been more. We had, like, I want to say we, no, like we had like serious arsenal. It wasn't because just, like, you know at that time I was very, like, I was social, like, so I was cool with social. everybody. So yeah. we, we had like shotguns and stuff. Like, but that. how like, did you guys so, get this? So at then, such a young age. Oh, I don't see. This is what I'm afraid of. Okay, you guys were okay way back then. You guys are having access to the stuff. Kids these Imagine days, kids these days. They still have yeah. the girl just shot. Uh, did you guys see in Idaho? Yeah. The girl just sh- took out her yeah. gun and shot three people injured yeah, in, a, school, in a middle right? school. I yeah. mean, this is ridiculous. This yeah. is the world that we live in now too that I'm super afraid of. I mean, we, we, we're of. friends with gang members, right? And so we, they sh- we show up and we're like, all right, let's go get these guys for blowing up a mirror door, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I remember you were there. You had your Timberland boots on. We are like going to go stop <laughs> these guys, right? Wait, and then I was going to do So we get to Carkey Park and then they didn't show up. No, uh-huh. they showed up. One of our friends had called them and gave a heads up to them that we were coming uh-huh. and we looked dangerous. Uh-huh. Zach, no, because Zach actually told me. He was like, hey, we're all there. And one of your guy, one of your boys was one of our boys. And he told us and gave uh-huh. us a heads up that you guys were coming. And there were so many of you and you guys were ready to have, you know. Yeah. And luckily they left. And they God, left. And I, so and we got there. Nobody was there. But yeah. we was ready to like Dang. go war. Something like, would have been crazy. Yeah, we would have Thank God it was a blessing. And and then another thing is, you know, we are, we were in a different time back then. Like it yeah. was the culture to be in gangs, and it was the cool thing. It was like the trendy thing to do. And yeah, and on top of it, yeah, like. But luckily we had our own crew, so we just kind of. Well, back like, then is you had it for your protection, right? You gotta be yeah, in the crew so you're also yeah. protected. Yeah. Like, I see a lot of them create these. That's like the kids do that these days. They still do that. If you're a loner, people pick on you, right? So I felt like I see. I mean, I see from the outside. I wasn't involved, but I do see these things. I'm observed, right. observe these things. So I see like guys doing this, or even girls mm-hmm. like ha- creating this little click, click, yeah, click. Yeah, like always family. together. Yeah, but, you know, right now, I, owner, even so. I, even with the programs I do right now for the neighborhoods, we do a lot of giveaways for the neighborhoods. Yeah, good. Me, Rango, oh, that's awesome. My we friend, should check out the neighborhood. My close friend Marshawn Lynch. Let's, let's, you know, wait. a lot of uh celebrities and athletes have yeah. helped us with, and we still go to the neighborhoods and work with the kids and. But, Still Let see me add that. something. So long story short, you mm-hmm. guys been through a lot. You guys built a beautiful family, beautiful bond, mm-hmm. beautiful memories. Um, what you guys went through gave you guys mad skills in a production. Like I don't see kids nowadays do that. And that's something that I feel like we should teach our kids how to build those skills at a younger age. When we were younger, we didn't have people teach us skills. We had to survive. We had right. to build those mm-hmm. skills on our own. And I feel like we're very grateful now to be able to provide for our kids and teach them how right. to think like that. But mm-hmm. they also should have the drive mm-hmm. to want to build those skills right. so that they can have the future that we have or not even or if not even better. Right. Well, you know, we, we, didn't have we had to hustle, you know, it, yeah. it was like because we had to. If you wanted stuff, you have to go hustle for it. And our our kids, we, we give them a lot of stuff. So we got to remember mm-hmm. Like you got to earn this stuff. Like yeah. you got to teach them little ways to make money and learn how to make a dollar and appreciate a dollar yeah. than just get stuff handed out to them. But we, we didn't have a choice. If you wanted mm-hmm. like a nice shirt or something. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we used to, we, we called it returning, right? So <laughs> I don't know where it came from, right? So we were 13, 14, and we had like scrubby clothes. Like our parents didn't buy us no clothes. Yeah. So we met these dudes from like Oregon or something. They're like, hey, young blood, 
uh, you guys want to get some nice clothes? This is how you do it, all right? <laughs> so he taught. They taught us a hustle. So mm -hmm. me and Amir, a couple of the homies. So we. He, they said go to Value Village or Goodwill. Get these. Are you gonna uh, teach everybody on camera? Don't <laughs> 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 right, teach. Them. Write this down right now. You want to do not teach this. And and I do not. Uh, I am not. <laughs> so it won't work these days because this is like twenty years ago. But no, go to Value Village. <laughs> but in a different way. Go to Value Value Village Goodwill. <laughs> go get some slacks for like dollar fifty. Slack yeah. slacks, right? Mm -hmm. For dollar fifty, and then you you take out the tag, the Value Village tag. You rip the zipper. Hmm? You, you rip the zipper. You okay. take the pants. You rip the zipper, and then you take it to like Macy's, Bon Marche, Nordstrom, <laughs> J.C. Penney, and you're like, Hey, hey, uh, my mom bought me these uh, slacks uh -huh. for his church, and uh, I was wearing them. And I was pulling the zipper, and they're it ripped. defective. Oh, so wow. they're defective. I need some new. I need some new slacks. Don't they for, scan? No, no, there's no oh. tags on them. Oh. So it was just said Dockers at the back uh. or whatever. Savannah, Savannah's or something. Uh -huh. They're like, uh, they're like, okay, we'll go go get another pair, a new one, and we'll re exchange it for you. Oh, wow. Or they'll give us like um, vouchers, like gift uh -huh. cards for the store. And we did that for like two, three years of just returning. Uh -huh. And we all clothes. had like hella nice slacks on. Wow. Really nice. You could do a shirt. And that was a hustle, man. <laughs> but not, no, 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 and not just that. There was a hustle where my brother like made necklaces out of beads. Wow! And like they would go and like sell them at school. These uh -huh. like cool, like what was it like? We had a bunch of hustles. There was we a sell, bunch of hustles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you guys are, we, we sold candy, whatever. We, we sold candy. candy. You were forced to like yeah. become that we, entrepreneur uh, the and the person that you are today. Yeah, yep. for sure. One other thing, though, I feel like nowadays there's, you know. There's more programs and educating families that are refugees. That's what I obviously my goal is, is in angels is educating them on the programs, right? Because during those times back in the nineties, our programs were really limited, right? For low income housing. I remember like, for instance, like Salvation Army would do a Christmas thing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why I do my the event I do I don't call it a Christmas thing. Obviously mm -hmm. I call it a holiday event now, but yeah. I remember standing in line for two hours one time for one of those Christmas giveaways, right? They would give presents. And I remembered the present that I got that day, right? Mm -hmm. See, the it was program. probably the only present you got. Yeah, but it was like, it, I was happy to get anything, but I want to say it was just like, it was nothingness. It was like a, a encyclopedia or something, uh -huh. right? Yeah. And that's why I vow till this day when I, we do our programs and when we do our giveaways, I'm not going to just give out encyclopedias. We're going to give things that actually kids want and people want, right? Mm -hmm. But that's but obviously we're just a piece of a program that's going on now. And there's a lot of other programs that my sister works at the Refugee Alliance and they're able to connect refugees well, to those programs. Thank you, you guys. Let's, let's talk so about much. that. So we talked about the, the struggles, the mm -hmm. crazy stories. I don't even know how we're still here with you know all of our fingers and toes mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like bless boulders, bless uh, bless busters for real, yeah. right? Like oh some God. of our friends are not here. Some though. of us, yeah, some of us got deported and some, some of us got uh, killed. Re yeah. rest, rest in oh, peace, man. some of them, rest in peace, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but so let's talk about how we got out and yes. we broke the chain, like how we started getting out of you know the 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 the, the mm -hmm. poverty cycle, right? So let's talk yeah. about that. I feel like Angel's part was. She went to school all the time and was trying to keep the education thing going. Mm -hmm. Me, I was lacking in school big time. My older brother also was doing good in school at oh, the time. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that was your kind of your, her stepping stone 
working towards getting yeah. out so of that. So you finished season. college? You went to yeah, yeah. High school? I actually um, finished high school and um, what high school was that? I, I went to Ingram. Oh, yeah, okay. and then I uh, dropped out. Yeah, <laughs> so Ingram Rams. I'm right? here Ingram Rams. Shout out yeah. to all the Ingram Rams. Yeah. I went to Marshall too. Shout out to Marshall. <laughs> oh, I know I Marshall. I went to Marshall too. Shout out. Hold on, hold on. We gotta get one of these for Marshall. Marshall. <laughs> I got kicked out of. I went to day school and night school at Marshall. <laughs> Until, until I, it, it just wasn't working anymore. For those until that don't know, grade. Marshall was an alternative school in right. Seattle where all the kids that got kicked out of regular school uh, would go to Marshall. Or if you're a pregnant girl, you would go to Marshall. <laughs> I got kicked out every year starting at Whitman. Remember? My first year, I got expelled in fifth grade. Oh, hey, I wow. thought we were going to start talking about how we got, hey, how yeah. there's a boss. And you guys just <laughs> interrupted so, um, Yeah, I actually... Um, uh, a whole nother part of the story was I did end up having like kind of a high school sweetheart and um, at 18 I did end up becoming pregnant mm. and um, had my daughter Layla and she kind of was this really big influence on me because when I went to go see someone they were like well you can this is where you decide where you take your path in life you know you have this child and you can stay on food stamps you can stay in housing you can take this route or you know you could make better decisions and this counselor really had this effect on me where That's amazing um you know I, I then decided i need to go to community college so then um i started waitressing part-time and then going to um shoreline community college mm -hmm. and um ended up going there for a couple years a lot of great stuff happened at shoreline can we get a, can we get a, yeah for shoreline Woo! yeah uh, you know we also in shoreline community college i'm uh, a lot of our friends ended up um going there as well and then um, we did a lot of fun like parties throwing events raising money going on trips and this is where oh. i got a taste of the good life like we were fundraising money and going like on trips to hawaii wow. and california and we were throwing parties at shoreline you know doing this whole like dance party and raising shoreline money Community College, yeah, yeah. Yep. and then um yeah so for me it was kind of like i got this taste of like what it could be to get out of, you know, all of this and just keep moving forward. And so then after that, I graduated and ended up From going to UW. UW. I went to UW. Okay. Yeah, I transferred to UW. Uh, Quaching and I both uh. ended up. Yeah, leaving and going over to UW and uh, yeah, and what profession? What profession? I, I majored in psychology nice. and I minored in philosophy. I was gonna go to law school. Uh -huh. Ended up getting a job um, at the Yellow Pages uh -huh. in advertising, and after that, got into IT marketing. Nice. And, um, and yeah, now I do. Uh, actually, I'm a program coordinator for the Refugee Women's Alliance. Oh, wow. Giving back. For yeah. Sure. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and like Amir said, what I do is, uh, you know, do career coaching and create pathways for refugees and immigrants and um, who are accredited back in their home countries and like doctoral, accounting, yeah. anything, and they came here to America. Mm -hmm. And what happens a lot of times is they get off path and they mm -hmm. lose their goals because of survival. You know, they need mm -hmm. to survive. So we create through Jeff Bezos money. Hey, <laughs> um, we're able to have a budget to help take down these barriers and allow them to stay in school yeah. or go back to school um, and get those um, can accreditations. Can you send us that link so we can um, put it in the the description? Sure, so we can yeah. take a look. For sure. Yeah, well, very good. That. That. Yeah, that's, that's a good story, Angel. Like, rags to riches. So, yeah. for real. No, well, not riches, but, you know, we're, <laughs> we're doing, doing good. <laughs> happiness, right? Happiness. It's, happiness. It's the joy of doing the mm -hmm. work. It's and happiness. Yeah. You know, money it doesn't really have a value. Happiness is the actual value, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you have money but no happiness, yeah. what, what is it worth? The value? I have a lot, have a lot of rich friends that I call poor because mm -hmm. they're rich with money mm -hmm. but poor in happiness. Yeah. That's right. And so. then for Amir, I remember um, – 
So back in the days when we were leaving the projects, you know, I, I, this might sound cocky, bitch, but I was, I, I felt like I was like cool, pretty cool. I had like cool hair and I had like <laughs> shirt on and I had like, I pulled some girls and stuff and Amir was like really dorky. I have was to say, it was like really nerdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, I know ev- girls. Everyone picked on them. Like, girls are trouble. And that's yeah. good for you. And I was 411 <laughs> at the time, too. I think yeah, I was really, you know, got him then, in trouble. And then, so, you know, so Amir, you know, that was, that was me and Amir. And then I remember my family moved out, right? We my, we finally got Section 8. Yeah, we moved out of the hood. So then at the time, you know, I was away and then I came back. And then you were, you were starting to promote and you were throwing these parties and like looking all cool and making a lot of money. And, you know, finally, like, Amir's something now, like special, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, I, remember, like- I actually remember making my first money money because the first party we threw, we had put a bunch of money into it. And the story about that is 2,000 people showed up to my first event. That's wow. when we knew that I was good at what I did. I was yep. good at promoting. Whoa. But the problem what? was that event cost a ton of money to put on. Uh-huh. And we had just broke even right so then it was kind of discouraging like damn you know we did all this work but we broke what even. What was it at? At Nash oh, Studio. Yeah, oh, Judgment oh, Night. Oh, it was called Judgment Night. 1997 was our biggest event. It was two thousand. It was two. I think 2,200 people almost showed up, right? How many wow, people promoted crazy. for you, though? How many a people? A lot. A lot. Of, we had a team like of promoters. Yeah, they know more. They know we had a lot. We had a. Yeah. It was a but big crew of us. That, I mean, we had everybody. Just hitting up the street with flyers. This is before Blaze split off. Before Rango decided, hey, I'm going to create my own thing. But so no. We, uh, so it, it was really discouraging, a little bit discouraging. And the people that, you know, everybody was kind of like, oh man, really? So a few weeks after that, a, a local nightclub hit me a power plant. Oh, power plant. Down, they, down, down on the waterfront. Yeah, and they down said, because the they had a Thursday night that was open and they were, they heard that I did this huge event and they would like to have me and the DJs, which I was working at that time with like Cuff Father and the L Brothers and, uh, primetime primetime and um, yeah and we went there and uh, I remember my first event the first night I showed up I had this bucket Honda the driver's door would not open right uh-huh. I remember pulling up to my first event for our companies right and I remember seeing the line just stretch down the street wow. and you know at that time I was just ten dollars twenty dollars thirty dollars <laughs> I was counting the, the amount of money I was gonna make right uh-huh. And I remember that night we went in the office and we collected the money. Uh-huh. And it was a ton of money. And I was living still in Cedarville at the time. And I went home and I was like, Mom, I got this new thing I'm doing. I'm making a lot of money. We're not going to live here forever, right? And then my mom just like brushed me off. Because, like, you know, at that time I used to get in trouble all the time. And I'd come home with all these little yeah, yeah. rich stories all the yeah, time. Yeah. I, I remember those times because at the time we were all starting to be about 18, right? Yeah. And we were like... Now we're like, what, there's parties out there? Mm-hmm. So we would meet up still at Cedarville Housing Project at, at their apartment number mm-hmm. four. Five. Apartment number, five. Oh, <laughs> sorry, it'd been that long. Apartment number five. Mm-hmm. And we would, like, go promote. We would, like, there'll be, like, three cars. It was, like, 15 of us. And then we were like, we're going to hit up this club tonight. We're going to hit and we're going to pass off flyers. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make all this money from the door. And, wow. And uh, it was fun times for us, good man, time. during that time. It was time. good times. Yeah. It was a great time. And then we did that club over in Greenwood. What was that called? Up and Down. Up, up and, and down. down Club. Wow. Yeah. I missed out. And then. And then <laughs> yeah. And Studio 420. Yeah. We opened yeah. up our own club. And then Rango opened up his own club with his brother. Oh, that's <laughs> the so great. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> I want to thank you guys. 
I, I don't know if I ever thank you, but I want to really thank you guys for getting me into the nightclub promoting mm -hmm. scene. Because I helped me out a lot from 18 to 25. You met a lot of your friends and people are from like, yeah. Everybody we met a lot of connections. And he was really good at it. You had a really good following. I remember coming to the Ritz. I had a really great time. I don't know. People, I, yeah. I didn't see it as, I saw it as a just really great fun Seattle place. history, really. Yeah, Seattle history, history yeah. for sure. Yeah. I heard about it too. And the Royal Club. Yeah, I'm speaking by some of that history and uh, upcoming, you know, Thing with the UW and stuff like that. Oh, you're speaking on. Yeah, you're gonna be on a, yeah. a documentary with UW. Yeah, yeah we're gonna talk. And we're, yeah, and you know, and also other documentaries oh. we're gonna be doing. So we'll be talking a lot about those kind of things, like the hip hop scene in yeah, Seattle. Yeah. And, oh, wait, you guys are doing some interesting things. So what's coming yeah. up? Yeah. Uh, well, I just uh, recently got selected to do a show with PBS, um, mm -hmm. where they're going to do stories from a stage, and um, they're gonna kind of have me share a little bit about our Aww. our story and. Yay. Yeah, so exciting stuff where we get to actually, hopefully, um, you know, inspire people right. and tell them the real stories and tell them how, like, you know, what it means to be a refugee and immigrant. And I remember having this big taboo of, like, not wanting to be a refugee, and now I'm so proud of it because mm -hmm. I, I just th see the resilience and the beauty of, like, yeah. coming from struggles and making so much out of it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it, what makes a novel interesting and in the depth of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so you, I mean, with um, uh, Amir too, you were saying you were gonna be talking. Yeah, just about Seattle's hip hop history, oh. the the you know overcoming you know hurdles that is given here in Seattle. Obviously, just you know kind of explaining the foundation that I worked off of, and we were at the time. I felt like hip hop at that time was more of a different. It was a culture embraced by. You know, I don't know how you would say it, but. Yeah. Our community was very diverse, uh -huh. and and we were b boys and graffiti artists and DJs mm -hmm. and performers and kind of giving the history of all of that mm -hmm. and how we brought we all came together to create you know these fun events and these fun mm -hmm. shows we would and uh, pretty much trying to inspire kids you know nowadays that. They could build off the same thing, you know, passion, I, passion. passion. It's, you don't ha I didn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. I didn't have nothing. Mm -hmm. I had passion and ideas, good and ideas, ideas, right? Yeah. And those passion and those and a lot of friends. Yes, and, a lot know, of friends. Good, good friends, networking. Yeah, networking and, you know, knowing that my friends at that time were important to me. And, 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 mm. and people don't people at home don't know a mere I mean, you're talking about 1990 to 2000 club club days. He was like the Huge. point guard of yeah, the city, like he was. Godfather promoting. You know, like yeah. he you did some of the biggest clubs ever hit Seattle, like TLU and then um, I Music, which is down uh, right by across the street from C Seattle Center. Now it's called we, Polyester. We used to promote we the premiere together. Remember? We used to promote the that's premiere called, night. That's called Showbox. <laughs> yeah, like we, 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 you know, we threw concerts with Snoop Dogg and the Dog Pound. Yeah, we got a lot of Black IP. Yeah, yeah, we. So you know, so you got out of poverty, the the cycle of poverty by education. education. And then you got out by promoting and, and drive. entertainment and drive. Passion. And passion. I, is passion. One follow education. I mean, it's also and blessings passion as and well. God. And God. <laughs> and yeah. God. Blessings. Yeah. Always keeping my belief in God really Always. helped me, pushed me, and still pushes me till this day. Like, mm -hmm. currently we're in a pandemic right now, coronavirus. I mean, the industry I'm in has been hit so hard. But what the experiences I had and everything I've been through is made me strong enough to be able to survive it where a lot of people in the industry that I'm in right now 
are mm. going through really, really, really tough and times. I, and I think you you got the one of the hottest clubs going on in Seattle right now, hand down. Thank X Stadium. X Stadium. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to me go to a club brother. now, so we'll yeah. yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's actual lounge. It's not. It's a, Friday. I'll, I'll, Let's it's, go. It's more of a <laughs> yeah, but to me, it's like it has that. It has you know that good feel. You know, we yeah. we we bring a lot of inter- I bring a lot of production and entertainment because I learned you know that's what people strive for. You know, you, you don't go out just to just sit somewhere. You want to you want to be entertained, right? Even at a restaurant, you know we. Right now, we're currently during the pandemic. We're just a restaurant, right? right. With a lot of entertainment, mm-hmm. yeah. which nice. works, you know. So it's if called what was it called? X Stadium Down. Uh, what's, what's yeah, it's me and my older brother and my older younger brother. brother they, but it's nice know. though. It's we're really gonna go. we're, we should go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go. think they'll let us in. We're too old. Not right now. All ages, all ages. No, it's all ages. Welcome. So no, actually, during the daytime, we do. So we cater to sports. Yeah. So it's it's obviously during football, baseball, and uh. All sporting events. Any kind of sporting It's right event. by the stadium. It's right next to the stadium outside. Mm-hmm. What's the address? 325 uh, 2nd Avenue okay. South. And you always got all them sports stars there, like the yeah, Mariners yeah. guys, the Seahawks guys, basketball players when they come That's to so town. Cool. Yeah. Like but I, I, a lot of the social skills I learned were from when I was young, you yeah. know, and it taught me how to get along with these people and just see eye to eye with people that are even higher than me, lower than me, it's we're all in the same level. To mm. me, people are people, right? Mm. right. A and lot of my best friends might be super famous, but to me, they're just regular you know, human right. beings too. You know? And then for my family, how we got out of the hood, the projects was, uh, I, I definitely give a lot of credit to my mom making those decisions to get out and then starting the catering business. You got to give credit to yourself truck. too, though. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. your bro- you know, do. your family. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, guys, yeah, we do. You are always driven. Like, look at you. You have a successful yeah. real estate company, you know, and I, I feel like we all had our own drives and we got to take some of the credit ourselves too. You know, yeah. our, our family sacrificed. Yes, they did. Yes, that's they, that's, where, word. that's a good word. The, the yep. sacrifice was because, you know, my mom might not be the most successful person in the world and she might have not giving me tons of stuff but she made a sacrifice mm-hmm. and that sacrifice was giving up everything she knew her family her sisters her mother and everything she knew back home for a future that she had no idea yeah. what she was getting right. into and that sacrifice is what built us mm-hmm. me her you yep. mm-hmm. all of us to being able to have drive to become successful because they didn't have the same opportunity as us because by the time they got here they're the age that we are now. That's like saying right now, oh, I'm going to leave America. I'm going to leave everything behind. Yeah. And I'm moving to God knows where, you know, yeah. because there's mm-hmm. a vision of hope and, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, any last uh, wrap-up comments? Yeah, you know, I actually um, really kind of want to know, and I'm sure the audience does too, is um, we've all been, you know, a lot of people have been through tough times. Mm-hmm. How do you, what advice would you give Ringo, you know, Angel and Amir, what advice or what suggestions Mm -hmm. would you give the audience um, to get out of it? You know, to get, there is from the impossible to become the possible. We went through real tough times, right? Yeah. But without those tough times, me, myself, right now, what we're going through, I wouldn't be able to handle these tough times right now if I didn't go through those tough times and and tougher times in the past right Mm -hmm. so it doesn't just get one day some magic (laughs) happens and everything just gets super easy because you made it out the hood and now life is just great and no Mm -hmm. life is life we all know that it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what your financial status is Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I think this past year has really 
um, tested a lot of people's like comfort zones. And I think out of comfort zones and, and, and those, you know, becoming kind of desperate um, ha- creates where you have to find joy in different things that maybe you didn't in that stillness and that just mm-hmm. being present mm-hmm. and spending that time with your family. And like, uh, you know, Rango's sister is my best friend, Julie. Aww. You know, we've spent so many days like I reestablished what a sisterhood we have through these hard times because she's the one who FaceTimes me, even though we couldn't Aww. be, you know, we had to socially distance. And, and I feel like um, we came through a lot of revelations and realized that, you know, what's really important, you, you, you learn that, you know, and it's just a season in life and how you handle it. It just says everything about who, who you eventually evolve to be. And it's hard. It's not easy. When we were going through our hard times, it felt painful. It felt anxious. It was hard. It was dark. But I, I and I also have this huge spiritual belief that I think God's just put us through this path. And, um, you know, it's like that phoenix rising. We got to get out of this and we become better people and we become more resilient, determined. And we see what's important. What's important is if everything materialistic and if our ego had to get out of the way, Mm -hmm. we find joy in what's real and what's good. And that's the people close to us that really bring that substance. Like me and my brother, you know, we we spend a lot of time on the phone now. We we take road trips now because we value Mm. each other way more than before COVID because we realize Man, there was a time where we were scared for a minute. Like, right. yeah. And there's, and, and, uh, and like you said, we're a good example of how you can make it, right? Yeah. Where you have an educated person that went to UW, and then you have somebody that didn't go to UW and dropped out, right? Yeah. So you can you can still make it whether or not you go to a college, a university, or you don't. It's the drive you have. The drive. That's what I try to teach the kids today. You know, I know you're going through tough times. I can't give you no huckadory story. Like, I'm going through tough times. Yeah. But the thing is this. You can make it. No matter what, where your financial status is, what you're dealing with. I literally walk into the kitchen all the time and, like, tell the guys in the kitchen, hey, you know, I used to work right there. You know, like, it's, and I, I still don't even feel like I've made it to that yeah. status where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just made yeah. it. No. You I'm definitely still, have to have the drive. drive. I think the drive is that key because drive and hard work because even if you got all the goods you got everything right. it's all gone if you don't have that drive to push you through whether it's mentally physically or financially it's gone yeah and i was going to touch on to get out of the hood i mean you got to work damn hard like people say you know you got to work smart but no nah, you want to get out of the hood you got to find something you might like doing and go work really hard as at that earn your stripes save your money make good decisions and and sacrifice and then you get out of the hood you know and out of poverty and you know and so we're here now we're doing this and uh you know that's why now we're able to do this show you know we're trying to put out good 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 content good good message yeah and um and so thank you so much thank you angel (laughs) and amir thank you Ringo. thank you to the audience and don't forget to hit that button subscribe and like and thank you for all your support and love all right let's vote our six hey